The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Barron's Live, our daily webcast and podcast. I'm Alex Ewell, Deputy Editor of Barron's. Thanks for joining us today for our latest update on tech stocks. I'm joined by my colleague, Eric Savitz, Barron's Associate Editor, who covers tech for us from Silicon Valley. Welcome, Eric. Hey, Alex. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you. So we are right smack in the middle of a very busy earnings week for tech. So far this week, we've heard from Alphabet, Microsoft, Meta Platforms, Snap, IBM, and a few others. And and we'll get to all that. Uh, Generally, the numbers have been fairly solid, but but you really wouldn't know it from the broad market reaction. Uh, In fact, yesterday was the NASDAQ's worst day of the year, down more than 2.5%. And with that move, we hit correction territory for the index, meaning that it's down 10% from a recent high. So, um, Eric, before we get to the individual names, what's going on? Um, why did we see such a severe sell-off yesterday? Yeah, so let, let's set the landscape, right? Um, uh, so as we've talked before on this call, uh, technology stocks had a fantastic first half of the year. Um they rallies across the board. Almost every technology stock uh, of any consequence has substantial year-to-date gains, even still. Um, and that was driven by a few things: uh, perception that the Fed is nearly done raising rates. There's a wild-eyed enthusiasm about the potential for AI, and then also a newfound appreciation for efficiency, thanks to Mark Zuckerberg, um, uh, which basically means people were cutting costs and focusing on growing margins. So all of that was the setup. And uh, and what we've seen in the few day, the last few days, so first of all, you know, reasonable, reasonable to be taking profits in some of these stocks. So, you know, you still have, um, if you look at the Magnificent Seven, uh, they're all up, uh, you know, I think the, the one that's up the least is Apple, which is still up almost 30% year to date. We'll get to more on Apple later, but uh, uh, you know, the stocks have been very strong performers. So some people are taking profits. Um, I think uh, there have been just enough worries in a few of these earnings reports uh, to begin to cause a little bit of nervousness. Some of that around the outlook for AI, some of it about the outlook for cloud computing uh, spend, uh, there's a little nervousness, which again we'll talk about in detail in a bit about the advertising outlook, at least in the near term. So, although the numbers, as you say, were generally pretty good, um, uh, even the ones that got hit over the last few days reported, uh, you know, beat and raise uh, kinds of uh, top line and bottom line numbers. Uh, you know, the the devil is in the details, and yeah. uh, there's some reasons for worry. All right, so let's. I think it'll actually. Um kind of answer more questions actually to get into some of the specifics. Um, and what's so interesting, and we can talk more about this too, what's so interesting about this week uh, that we get every three months is everything feels very interconnected. We have all of these tech, big tech companies reporting at the same time at some points within minutes of each other, right? And they all okay. sort of 
uh, even though they're, they're their own reports, investors are seeing everything at once and I think reacting to much more than just one set of numbers. And so we can talk, we can talk more about that. But that seemed particularly evident this week uh, from Alphabet's report, uh, which came, uh, if I'm getting my days right now, Tuesday after the market closed at the same time that Microsoft was reporting. Alphabet's yes. numbers, their advertising, which you know we've, we've historically th thought of Alphabet as a advertising-driven business. Um, they Advertising was good. It's, it's kind of rebounded. And, and yet, uh, the stock sold off yesterday almost 10% on the earnings news. So let's start with Alphabet and kind of take that one apart a little bit. Right. So as you say, uh, you know, Alphabet it has always been viewed as basically an advertising play and, and for good reason, because that is where they get most of their revenue. Right. Um, uh, the, the vast uh, majority of the revenue, um, maybe not quite 90 percent, but most of their revenue comes from advertising dollars. And as you say, they actually had a better than expected quarter in advertising uh, sales. The, they had a good quarter for Google search ads uh, and they had a good quarter for YouTube advertising. Um, so, uh, all, you know, all green lights on that score. The, the problem in the report was Google Cloud. Now, you know, Google Cloud is, they're kind of the number three player in, in cloud computing, uh, trailing behind uh, Amazon and, and uh, Microsoft Azure, which are the market leaders. Um, but it is an important business for them. And they've been viewed as a company that um, had the potential to, uh, you know, close some of that gap between the, the, the larger, uh, with the larger players, because they're viewed as a key player in the market for um, a generative artificial intelligence software, right? They've, they've been working on AI for many years. They've uh, launched a chatbot called Bard that's an AI driven. They, they have uh, an assortment of uh, large language models that they've um, introduced into the marketplace. And there was a view that like AI was going to be a big boost. And then what happened? And Eric, just, to, just to clarify that. So like, yep. was the thinking that if you're a leader in AI and the cloud is important to power AI, then companies that are trying to create AI tools in the cloud would be more likely to go to Google than to Amazon, say, which is maybe not quite as far ahead in AI? Yeah, I think, you know, it's perceptual, but I, right. I think that the perception was that they were one of the leaders and that that would help them, okay. uh, as you say, with companies that were trying to build AI tools in the cloud. Now, Amazon does actually have like a substantial suite of AI tools, but there was this perception that it would improve their competitive position. Okay. But here's what happened. Um, they, uh, they reported 22% growth for the Google Cloud platform business. Revenue, um, right? right in revenues yep. uh that was down from 28% last quarter and uh, the street was expecting it to be sort of in that 28% range so that was a big miss and and so what happened well what the company said on the call which was not that much but what the company said on the call was that they continue to see customers optimizing their cloud spend now that sounds jargony, but what it really means, and we've been hearing this trend for multiple quarters now, is that cloud customers are trying to figure out ways to keep their spending under control uh, because the cloud, their cloud spending has been increasing. The use of the cloud has been increasing. They, these companies generally charge on a consumption-driven basis. So like the more uh, cloud-based computing you use, the more you get charged. 
and um, and and so customers have been trying to figure out ways to get that under control by being more efficient in their spend, things like that. And um, and Alphabet called out the optimization optimization trend as being a factor in uh, what was a slightly disappointing growth rate for the quarter. And um, and of course, uh, and you alluded to this before, their timing could not have been worse um, for to have this problem. Now we'll get to why in a second, but let me just make clear: like this is only about ten or eleven percent of their revenue. It's like maybe one percent of their operating income. It's not a huge part of the numbers. Right. It is viewed as a key growth opportunity for them going forward, and this would suggest that the growth uh, opportunities either further out or not as big. And so the street battle. And, so, and so the stock sold off significantly. And I would just point out, I think that what's also happening um, as we progress in kind of the AI cycle is that the cloud and the AI opportunity have become enmeshed. So if we think of sure. cloud, cloud equals AI to some degree, if cloud's bad, that means maybe AI is bad. And, and then I would just point out, and we were talking about this before our call, I think it's, you know, we've, we've talked about it before too, that these companies, um, Part of you know explaining the ten percent sell off is that these companies kind of made a deal with the devil when it came to AI. It was what drove the stocks up so much higher the first half of the year, and so maybe we shouldn't be so surprised that if there's any kind of AI disappointment or cloud disappointment, you're going to see a seemingly larger than expected response. Right now, let's keep in mind what else happened that afternoon, right? Which is Microsoft reported earnings now. You know, Microsoft um, has a, a substantially different looking business than Alphabet. They're largely a software business. They do have a little bit of advertising revenue, but it doesn't at all look like Alphabet's business. They have three pillars to their business, which all have awful names. Uh, you know, there's the the uh, what they call the intelligent cloud business, which includes Azure, their their um, uh, cloud computing business. There's another one that's, uh, I won't even bother with the actual name, which is basically application software. And then there's sort of a grab bag that they call more personal computing, which is basically software for PCs, plus their Surface PC business, plus their gaming business. And, right. um, and you know, Microsoft, first of all, they, they beat expectations for all three segments, right? So that's a good place to start. They beat expectations, therefore, at reven with revenues and nonprofits. Um, it was a very nice quarter, but the thing that really got the market jazzed was that Azure's growth uh, was, were several percentage points above street expectations. Quite the contrast to Alphabet. Um, so not only did not only did Alphabet miss, but Microsoft beat, right. uh, which implies a loss of market share. Although you know, not in direct sense, but it does suggest that. Um, this is a an alphabet problem. This is a Google yeah. problem. And an alphabet's pain, alphabet's pain potentially Microsoft's gain. Right. And there, there are several elements that I think are worth mentioning here about what they said about their business. First of all, they also talked about this optimization uh, trend continuing. So that's not off the table. It's still, you know, it is part of the mix uh, for their business. But they also uh, showed some evidence that they're getting some payoff from AI. So last quarter, um, Microsoft, in their guidance, said they would that they thought they would get about two percentage points of growth in the Azure business 
from AI-related workloads. Now, they annoyingly don't really disclose this in dollar terms, but in any case, it's directionally helpful. Okay. And what they actually reported uh, was that they had three points of additional growth from AI workloads, which implies that their AI business is doing even better than they thought. Yep. Uh, and the market was quite fond of that conclusion. And now the stock, by the way, now, you know, given how badly the, the, the tech has done over the last couple of days, Microsoft has held its own, but it's not, it's not like it's been off to the races for Microsoft right. shares. Uh, but that was a much more appealing message to the street than what they heard from uh, from Alphabet, for okay. sure. And all right, so I'm just going to say that to me, um, this feels like the quarter and and uh, of AI hype management and the companies and executives, and obviously they have to deal with the facts at hand. But the companies that do the better job of managing uh, the AI hype cycle get a better response from investors. Right. Now, I, I think it's important to remember, and you know, we've talked about this, that um, there's kind of two sides to the coin for AI, right? Which is, so on the one hand, you have potentially a huge opportunity, right? You know, billions or hundreds of billions or trillions or billions, or less, yeah. right? of potential new market share or right? a potential new revenue okay. or, or revenue transfer from one place or to another. Anyway, a lot of potential revenue. And then on the other hand, like, it's not for free. Like you have to actually invest in infrastructure. Like when you talk about AI, this is why it gets wrapped up in the cloud discussion. Like what you're really talking about is buying servers, often with very expensive chips from NVIDIA or from other suppliers. And you have to build out these servers and you have to put them in data centers. And like, it's all very expensive. And the compute time uh, to actually run the models and do what's called inference, which is sort of the, you know, think about it as the application running on top of the model. Um, all that is very compute intensive, which means it, it costs money, right? So, so like you have to invest in it and it's expensive to run. So then you have to figure out, well, how are you actually going to make money from it? And, um, and, and the, the street is grappling with that. And also the question of course is timing. So just because you go out and build a new data center and have the ability to run AI workloads doesn't mean you instantaneously start, you know, uh, ringing up the cash register with right. new new work, and and it, the devil is in the details, and it's you know in some cases, and we can talk about a few of these because I, I think we'll, we'll talk about these in, in a few minutes. There's in some cases the expenses are getting ahead of where people expected, and in a few cases they're actually seeing some real payoff, and uh, and it is also true that investors are beginning to. Uh, discern which ones fall into which camps. Right. With with still, I would say, limited information. Um, yes. yes. Doing, right. just, doing, that, doing that discerning, but with limited information. All right. So you mentioned cost, which is a good segue to Meta Platforms, I think. They reported last night. Uh, yep. And the, the story from Meta for a while now has been all about saving costs or efficiency, as Mark Zuckerberg has put it. So... Um, how did that work out on this call? It was very interesting covering this yesterday um, with you because the stock initially shot up after earnings in, in late trading and then came right back down about an hour later, hour and a half later. So uh, give us uh, give us the highlights. Sure. So, you know, the, the reported numbers were pretty good. Um, so they had a solid quarter. They beat expectations. Um, they saw really good user growth numbers too. You know, then this is for 
they're they're actually approaching like on a monthly uh, active user basis, close to four billion monthly active users, which is an insane number. There's like eight billion people on the planet. Like half of them are you know customers. So like there's the the numbers are were 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 very good uh, with. Uh, and as you say, the initial reaction from the stock was hooray, and the stock ran up about 4% initially after the numbers came out. Um, and it looked like everything was good, that like, the, again, like with Alphabet, that the advertising market seemed strong, like they seemed to be uh, getting uh, getting traction um, on, on that business. Now, they continue to lose money on what they call Reality Labs, which is their Quest headset. and uh, metaverse business, but that was not a surprise. They've been doing that for a long time. They also showed some new, there's a, you know, some incremental data points on just what the year of efficiency has meant. Like they, the headcount at the end of the quarter was down 24% from a year earlier. Like they weren't kidding around, like they slashed tens of thousands of jobs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, uh, and, it, and, and still managed to grow the business better than expected. So all looked good. And then they did the call, and um, and you know, in general, uh, there were a few other minor things. Uh, Mark did talk about on Mark Zuckerberg did talk about on the call how uh, they were going to have to rev up hiring in 2024. So that's sort of it's called a yellow flag that, like, well, you know, having cut all those heads and not just cut heads but froze hiring, like, you know, you still have a lot of new things you're trying to do, you have to hire some more engineers. So they're going to uh, re-accelerate hiring at least for 2024. They they were careful to say that it will moderate after that, but we'll see. Um, so that's a little bit of a red flag, a yellow flag. And then uh, they also said that um, spending, uh, both for capital equipment and then spending overall, would accelerate uh, some in uh, 24 from 23. Although not nearly as much as the street had been modeling. And so that was generally a sort of positive. And then one thing happened that turned the uh, the stock around, which was uh, the company CEO, a uh, CFO yep. was asked about how trends are, uh, how trends were, were looking so far in the fourth quarter. And, uh, and, and what uh, Susan Lee said was that they they early in the quarter there were some signs of softening, in particular because of concerns about the onset of war in the Middle East, uh, that some advertisers didn't want to advertise in an environment where the primary topic of conversation is uh, war, and uh, and so uh, that had begun to impact their results um, in advertising. Now the implication was. <clears throat> that this is, you know, this is a sh short-term issue. This has come up before. The same thing happens at the beginning of the Ukraine. Um, I don't think it changes much in terms of the long-term view. Right. In a market that's nervous. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> in, <clears throat> excuse me. In a market that's nervous, <clears throat> that was not well received. Right. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll give you a, a second there. Hmm. Catch your, catch your breath. But, um, <clears throat> You, you know, one thing that's always interesting to me about these earnings reports is that, you know, mm -hmm. we're three, we're basically what, three or four weeks into the fourth quarter. So all this talk is always about the last quarter, because that's just the way it works. You report your results. Yeah. And then, and then a month into the quarter, you, um, 
you report, but it's always interesting when you get some real time flavor of what's actually happening. And I think, I think management teams generally try to avoid that. You know, they could be asked direct questions and they'll sort of put it off. But like, here is an example where the CFO decided to give some very real time data. Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember, like, as she said on the call, like, that factor was included, it was reflected in their guidance Got for it. the quarter. Yeah. Their guidance for the fourth quarter was about in line with um, with the street. It was a little wider maybe than um, uh, they might have otherwise um, uh, provided. But um, it's that notion of you hear slowing and advertising in the same sentence and like you don't wait around too long for the details. Right. Um, right. And I think that's what happened there. You know, the stock is down about three and a half percent, I think, as we speak. And, yeah. um, you know, and and uh, let's also keep in mind, you know, even with the sell off, um, Meta's up 140 percent year to date. So. Yeah. Right. OK. All right. Um, it's had a pretty good year. Yeah, it has had a pretty good year. OK. And then there was another kind of um, impact from the from the Meta call, which was you mentioned the spending numbers. Right. And how yes. where they were they're actually having a knock-on effect on some of the companies that sell their equipment to Meta, right? Yeah, so, so you know, you're talking about, like, you know, tens of billions of dollars that um, Meta is supposed to be spending uh, next year and uh, and that they have been spending uh, in recent years. Um, but but they are a big factor uh, in uh, the the results for their providers, and so one one clear example of that is a company called Arista Networks. Arista is a networking equipment provider. Um, Arista uh, has benefited from having a very large relationship uh, with Meta and with Microsoft. So like the two companies combined are about half of Arista's revenues. Um, that's no small potatoes, right? So. And Arista, um, by the way, not a small company. I mean, it's a um, just no. it's a fifty billion market cap company. Yeah, and a company that you know I've generally been quite bullish about, and I think uh, you know they're a uh, kind of a kind of something of an upstart in the networking equipment business that's like took on Cisco and right, right. has really done uh, remarkably uh, well. They built a fantastic business. They provide equipment not only to the cloud players, but to the data centers generally right. and, well, and for other things. But what, what's happened here is the stock is down like 7% today. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's all about uh, this fear. It's all about, it's all about meta. It's just another reminder, by the way, that these magnificent seven, as we like to call them, are just so big that when they swing, they, they can swing other companies that are themselves really big. Yeah. I mean, another one that I would mention, and I, I'm not, it's a little hard to parse, like how much of this is tied to that comment, but um, NVIDIA shares are down more than 3% today. And, uh, you know, and, and they, you, you're going to run large language models that involves buying a lot of very expensive graphics processors from NVIDIA. Uh, you know, they, of course, also have had, they're up 175% a little more. Yeah. So they've had a huge run. Uh, it's been softer uh, in uh, recent uh, sessions for a whole bunch of reasons, but uh, but the idea that of uh, uh, slowing growth by one of the key players is uh, not going, not being well received for yeah. uh, for the equipment guys. And Nvidia, by the way, now down. I think I was looking at this down almost fifteen percent 
um, from its uh, highs of just a few weeks ago. So sort of. Yeah. And there are a couple of other things going on there. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, you know, there's been some uh, new strictures from uh, the, the Biden administration on the shipment of high-end uh, uh, NVIDIA chips to China and that they've talked about this as a clear impact on their business, at least in the short run. We'll see in the long run how that plays out. Now, of course, they're they're so backlogged for demand that you have to think in the near term, it doesn't really impact earnings at all. Yeah, they're uh, selling so, as much as they can make anyway at these chips. Yeah, so, so they should be fine for a while. But, you know, in the long run, like China's a big opportunity for them and uh, we'll see how it plays out. So like at the margin, um, you know, it's kind of impacted them a little bit. I think NVIDIA, uh, I would note that NVIDIA's stock has dipped below the $1 trillion market cap number for the first time in a while. Oh, so. Maybe, maybe, okay, so we might have to change our um, our magnificent... Uh... Maybe it's not quite as magnificent. Yeah, as maybe, all, right. all right, well, so let me, let's stick on the chip topic for one second, because there was another uh, name that reported this week that got a lot less attention. That's Texas Instruments. Um, they make chips for kind of, I would just, I would just say the boring chips for just a lot of different parts of the economy that go into things like industrials and um, and things that we don't spend as much time thinking about. But they offered a pretty dour outlook um, as well about kind of the demand they were seeing for these chips, which has a an, another knock-on effect. Our colleague Take Kim thought that that was a big part of why tech stocks and the NASDAQ had such a hard time yesterday. Um, so, you know, that's uh, that's another factor I would point out. Any any thoughts there around Texas Instruments? Yeah, you know, they are um, they have a considerably different looking business than the, the companies that get the most attention. They don't make, you know, they're not making microprocessors. They're not making memory chips. They, right. they make a whole range of, uh, you know, specialized components. Um, they have a lot of exposure to um the industrial markets and you know consumer electronics products and automotive and like there's all so they have a broad customer base and you know i i i think that uh guidance from texas instruments falling short of expectations uh, feels more like a broader commentary on the uh, on the, the economic climate, right. which is right. why I think it's being taken that way. And, yep. um, you know, so like that doesn't directly impact like the outlook for NVIDIA or right. Intel. Right. Or right. Right. Like, right. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. I want to ask you this because we have one more particularly notable earnings uh, result to come today. That's from Amazon uh, after the market closes. Can Amazon turn things around here? What are we looking for? Um, two very almost distinct parts of the business for Amazon that we'll be hearing about. Right. So, of course, the part that people know the most about is the um, e-commerce business. I think that, um, you know, there have been some positive signs about the consumer economy. I mean, we're... I'd say, uh, yeah. Uh, right. And I so I think that... Just the um, GDP report today alone. Yeah. So, right. So, so I think that there is some sense that, um, you know, they're continuing to see a recovery uh, you know, considering better performance by that business. And I, I think the street's a little excited about what those numbers might look like. And, um, you know, I think there's a reason, like Amazon, by the way, let's keep in mind, Amazon had a worse year last year even than some of the other tech names. Right. Um, okay. But they are actually outperforming Apple, Microsoft, and Alphabet this year. Um, 
So they're 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 up like forty plus percent. So part of it is that, and of course the other part of the business is um, uh, is Amazon Web Services. Now the question on Amazon Web Services is going to be: Does it look like Microsoft or does it look like Google? That was uh, going to be my question. I want your good, right? now the the uh, the 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 street uh, is looking now. They're they're a much bigger business than uh, the other two, um, and they've been growing more slowly so uh, in recent quarters. So the the street. Um, has been looking for uh, about 11% growth um, in AWS in the quarter. Uh, that's a number half, of, that's a number. half of Google's reduced growth, right? Or that's that's right. But that's, you know, as you know, all things are relative on Wall Street. And so it's all, it's about how you do relative to the expectations more yeah, than yeah. the absolute number. And, um, you know, the street thinks uh, they can accelerate from here. If that number comes in higher, if it's 12% or 13 or something, um, you know the stock. <coughs> the stocks have performed very well. Okay. Um, and there are a couple other elements here, right? Like they, they also do have <coughs> a pretty <coughs> substantial advertising business. Right. right for, like one, quarter yeah, for one second on the cloud, just to give folks some context. So you're saying 11% growth for AWS is the expectation. It wasn't all that long ago that that business was growing at more like a 50% rate, right? Right. Now, I think the 50% days are long gone, uh, okay. but but I, I do think there's a belief on the street that um, you can return to higher rates of growth. I don't know exactly how much. Let's say you get back to mid-teens or maybe 20 over time. Okay. That there's still tremendous amount of demand and that they should get a boost from AI. Okay. And while they are not viewed as the leader in AI, they... They are doing a tremendous amount of work. They're producing models. They're hosting other people's models. They're uh, they think it's a big opportunity for them, and uh, and we'll see. So you know, I think that the um, uh, if if they get a double beat, if they beat expectations for both e-commerce and AWS, um, uh, the stock should do well this afternoon after they report. If they miss on the AWS number, you know, all bets are off. Okay. Um, we'll see. And yeah. and uh, it will be an ugly day tomorrow if that's tomorrow. what happens. But yeah. um, Street's pretty optimistic about, about the Amazon number. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Let, me, let me ask you, um, and we only have a few more minutes here, but there is one stock, one tech stock that's kind of standing out today uh, in its performance. That's IBM. It's up about four and a half percent. Um, kind of an old school name. You've written a lot about it. What's uh, why? Why is it up today? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, IBM had you know solid earnings, uh, a solid earnings report for the quarter. They they uh, edged the the street expectations for revenues and profits. But uh, but the, but actually, when I first saw the numbers, I thought mm, I'm not sure the street's going to like this. The the mix, you know, like where the revenue came from. Uh, was a little bit different than people thought. The, um, the their software business, which is kind of a core element of the IBM story, mm. was actually a little bit disappointing. Their Red Hat business, this is their you know open source software business, came in a couple of percentage points uh, light, grew about eight percent. They had to basically told people to expect ten. So there were some other you know there were some uh, moving parts under the. Covers the other part was they actually had surprisingly good growth from their mainframe hardware business. That sounds very, uh, that sounds very 1980s. 
uh, very 1980s. I'd still like a, you know, still a, you know, there's still a, a, a very important business for IPM there, but it's very cyclical. It's not growing very much. Right. Uh, and seeing, I think they have like 9% growth. And so, so, so let me guess here, Eric, all of these um, kind of numbers that didn't, don't do much to explain the move. I'm guessing this move today has something to do with AI. Bingo. Yes, that's what it. That's that's the story. And so here's what happened. Uh, you know, a, IBM is doing as, as we've talked about before. Has been doing work in AI for a very long time. Um, more recently, they they kind of did a relaunch of their uh, AI business, which they call Watson X, which is uh, somewhat uh, you will recall the Watson name that goes back to their you know Jeopardy playing days of a decade ago. Uh, but Watson X is their platform for building AI models. Um, they uh, they're both building some of their own models and then using open source models to create um, new applications for customers. Uh, they are very excited about the opportunity here. And on the call, um, Arvind Krishna, the CEO of IBM, said that in the quarter, well, uh, in the September quarter, they had uh, in the low hundreds of millions of bookings for AI-related business. Now. They just announced Watson X like earlier this year. It's an it's a new business for them, and they're already generating considerable customer interest. If you sort of back into it, you can make the case that what he was basically saying is that you know they're doing already. They're kind of on a billion dollar run rate for AI related revenue, and while that's you know relatively modest for a company that's doing you know close to sixty billion dollars a year in revenue, um, it's a pretty good start, and right, right. Um, and and it suggests that. Uh, you know, the case that I've made in the past uh, repeatedly writing bullishly about IBM is that uh, they are an underappreciated play on, on AI and, um, and, you know, particularly for the enterprise. I mean, they're not writing chatbots. They're not, they're not trying to compete with, you know, Bing and Bard, um, but they are producing models for, uh, for their customers and, uh, they called out a couple, uh, Dun & Bradstreet, for example, uh, is now a customer. Um, and and uh, that's really helping the stock. So stock's up 4% today, and I'm pretty sure that it's that bullish commentary about AI. Is, there you uh, go. Right back. By the way, you know, let's not forget, like with IBM, you, you, uh, you also get paid while you're waiting for AI. Um, to uh, become a bigger business, it has a yield of uh, close to five percent. I think that's a really uh, that's a great point for our uh, for more kind of maybe slightly more conservative investors out there that um, you are getting an AI, you're getting AI potential plus a yield. That's not uh, you don't see that. And, and by the way, the stock has largely been left out of the rally this year. Right, it's up one percent or something like that. Okay. All right. So I think that's a very interesting name. You've been bullish on IBM for a while. Um, we got a question that's a good segue for us. Um, Ram asks, is it time to sell Apple and NVIDIA? We've uh, we've talked about NVIDIA. We have not yet talked about Apple. They have been left out this week in the earnings parade. They don't report till late next week. But uh, in addition to earnings from Apple, we're also getting this uh, product announcement uh, on Monday night from Apple. So there'll be a lot of Apple talk next week. Right. Maybe let's talk about, uh, so to answer the question, um, any thoughts on the stock before we get to sort of what to expect from uh from earnings and this product announcement. Yeah, you know, a- Apple's now, I mean, the stock has had a 
you know, reasonable year. The stock's up 28%. That's actually less than the other magnificent seven names, but still, you know, pretty good year's work. It remains the highest market cap company, although Microsoft is sort of creeping closer by the day. Uh, it's about a billion. Oh, no, it's about a $150 billion behind them now. Okay. Um, I, I think that uh, the issue with Apple has been that the results from iPhone 15 so far have been sort of math. Now, of course, that's all about, you know, analyst tea leaf reading. The company hasn't done anything. Uh, but, you know, the tea leaves suggest, you know, like flattish sales relative to iPhone 14, which is, you know, the, the street I think has been hoping that maybe the demand would be better than that. Yeah. Uh, they, they are going to report results next Thursday that probably show, you know, less than 0% revenue growth. So yep. like a fourth consecutive quarter of down year over year revenues. That's not encouraging. Um, you know, we're waiting for their vaunted Vision Pro headset sometime early next year, but nobody thinks that's going to move the needle on yeah. revenues and profitability. So there's this sense that Apple is in a bit of a rut they go through some of these, these innovation lulls, ruts at some point, sales ruts. I, I would just say on that before we talk about the products uh, for next week, um, I, was ha I had this debate with, uh, with our colleague Andrew Barry last week on Apple. He had a, a very strong view that Apple's best days were behind it. You know, it still trades uh, at a somewhat expensive multiple, at yep. least versus its history. I think it's like 26 times forward earnings now. Right. And they're not growing. Like their revenue is basically flat to slightly down in the coming for, for this year. Um, but my point to him, and, uh, you know, he did, he disagreed, but was that every time you see this from Apple, there's been two other years, I think, in the last decade where they've had a, a flat year of growth and they've come back somewhat impressively. And then the stock has really come back impressively. So if you're going by history, um, Apple has a way out of these moments. I guess the question is whether this time is different, right? Yeah, it's a, it's it's unclear what the source will be. Now, it's interesting that this week Apple actually raised prices on a bunch of their subscription services, including right. yep. TV. Yeah. Um, you know, that's uh, that's consistent, by the way, of course, with what we've been seeing from other streaming services. But um, it does underline the fact that they're betting more and more on services to drive the business. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, think about their main hardware categories, like laptops are not really growing. Um, smartphones are not really growing. Um, so where are they going to get the growth from? Now, you know, give them credit where credit is due. They have a gigantic business, right? So, but if you have a, hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue, you need to take big swings to, to move the numbers, right? Like, you know, like ID tags, smart ID tags are not going to be like the mover, right? You need a big opportunity, which is why people get jazzed about talking about Apple cars and, you know, things like that. Or maybe they do going to do a big acquisition, which I don't actually believe they are going to do. Um, so it's like this question of, well, what drives the stock from here? Right. Uh, okay. Now, there are some people who think actually that the iPhone 15 uh, may be better, may be a better driver than the street might be giving it credit for because there's an installed base of, uh, you know, in the hundreds of millions of iPhones that are, you know, more than four years old. Right. 
Okay. And yeah, so I mean, at some point they get replaced probably, but that doesn't seem super exciting as a storyline. No, and look, they were, the reality when it comes to the iPhone is year to year now, things just can't change that much anymore. And you got to kind of accept that if you're buying Apple, I think. Right. So you, you need you need another reason to buy it. I also note that, you know, they've, of course, they continue to be aggressive uh, buyers of their own stock, which has helped them over time, but that's yep. reduced their cash pile. Um, you know, it does lead to the speculation, oh, maybe Apple will buy Disney or whatever. And I just don't believe that that's true. Now, we should talk a little bit about next week. So Yeah, because that's, um, yeah, so next week they're going to be talking. You, you mentioned they need a new thing. So is that what we're going to hear about on Monday, a big new thing or not really? Well, so uh, first of all, this, everything about this event is odd, right? Yeah. So first of all, they're doing it at um, 8 o'clock Eastern time, which is, as you point out, primetime television time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure primetime TV. I'm not sure how much primetime TV matters anymore. But uh, but in any case, they're doing it at the very unusual time. Like they typically do it uh, almost all of their events, all their product launch events are always at like, you know, 10 o'clock Pacific time. Um, uh, as, as you well know, like that's when they do their iPhone launches. That's when they do their WWDC keynotes. So doing this at, you know, five o'clock Pacific time is very strange. It's called they, they, the invitation said scary fast. Yeah. Uh, if you actually look at the logo for the scary fast thing, it sort of uh, shifts subtly from an Apple to like a like a uh, like a Windows. Um, what's that app? What's that icon called? Like a like the Windows. Um, uh, well, it's Windows related. I mean, a, a, a Mac OS related app. Okay. Uh, logo. And so like the implication is like, this is almost certainly about Macs. And, and um, that is what everybody thinks is that they're right. going to be new Mac pros and maybe new iMacs. The current iMac is like a couple of processor generations behind stuff like that. Now the wild card is maybe they have something to say about AI or maybe there's some other like grand surprise here that will help us understand why they're doing it at such a strange time. Yeah. Um, although as I, you and I talked about, um, I have a theory, which I'll throw out there, even though I'm, I'm just making this up basically, is um, if you look at, well, why else would you do it at that time? Well, it turns out that that's actually eight o'clock in the morning in China. Yeah. Now, Tim Cook uh, just recently spent multiple days traveling around China, visiting, uh, uh, Apple stores and visiting with suppliers and, um, you know, it's a, it is, it, and it remains a hugely important market for them. Both 20% from, of revenue almost. Yeah. Both from a, and from a sourcing point of view, right? Yes. Maybe, right. That's true. Yeah. Um, in China. Um, yeah. so maybe it's something to do with that, right? We get sort of us centric here and think like, what, five o'clock, you can want me to still sit here at my desk at five o'clock. Um, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but you know, it's, eight o'clock in the morning in China. So I think that's a very, I mean, we'll probably never know the answer because of how Apple is, but I I've think, asked, they haven't answered me. Yeah. that you got. Okay, uh, but it will be interesting to see now, you know, and of course it comes three days ahead of earnings. Yeah. Uh, timing feels a little odd. Um, you would think that uh, from a disclosure point of view, like private uh, quiet period point of view, uh, you might not do that. Um, uh, but, you know, I think, you know, if it if the rumor mongering is right, and what we're just getting is like refreshed Max, 
um, you know, right. that's not likely to be a, be a big mover for the stock. Oh, so, yeah. All right. We'll so, so we'll, we will be, we'll definitely be watching. Um, I think Apple has kind of cleared the deck for itself for next week. So it's going to be an Apple focused week in a lot of ways, at least for tech. So uh, yeah, I, I, I do think it's also worth notice noting that it is interesting that suddenly Apple has put a week uh, between itself and all the other. Well, maybe they're coming off of there. They're realizing what Google didn't, which is that reporting with your competitors isn't always a good thing. So yeah, uh, maybe. We'll all right. See. Well, yeah, I think we, we are, we are, we have, we've talked about so much. It's a busy week. We are, we are a few minutes over here, Eric. So I'm going to have to uh, say goodbye, but I really appreciate all of your time. Um, and uh, I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for being here. So please join us again tomorrow. My colleagues from Chemical Market Analytics, part of Opus, are going to be discussing why the EV boom could lift consumer product prices across a wide range of, of areas from beverage bottles to car components to clothing. So thank you for listening. Be well and have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.